Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Look, I never said I was going to be this high and mighty, amazing, you know, podcast review of films that uh, that was, you know, I was good at these amazing films that you they can't all be one for over the cuckoo's nest. They they can't. Um, so I picked this up. I picked up quite a few films in the pound shop today, actually. Um, I was literally about to say other oh, pound shops are available, but they aren't. Are there? There's only one left. Ah, the old pound shop was said goodbye to. Was it pound pound? Oh, there was Poundland and the other one wasn't there. Poundland and uh, whatever. Anyway, we're here to talk about um, <laughs> Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, two thousand and nine film. And just in case uh, you're listening to this on a link or something and you haven't looked at the title welcome to oh, review it yourself this is a matthew mcconaughey vehicle uh, this film he plays connor mead he's a photographer he's charming he, but he's an absolute player he just treats women as disposable uh, i mean he, he is funny in this though i laughed a lot at this film i mean out loud i've watched some comedies where i've just kind of oh yeah but i really laughed out loud watching this the writing was a lot better than it, it had any right to be for a film like this. Um, McConaughey as, as Conor Mead was, was hilarious. There's a bit where he's, he's photographing this um, this famous singer and he says, oh, she says, I'm a big fan of yours because he's this very well-to-do um, photographer. And he says, oh, I'm a big fan of you too. I mean, I'm not 12 years old and torn deaf, so not your music, but I love your look. And he puts an apple on her head and um, gets this Japanese um, archery champion to fire it off as he takes the picture, and then he's getting together with with that woman, and he says, um, and he ends up, his assistant says to him, "Look, you've got your brother's wedding tonight." And he's like, "The rehearsal, and then the wedding in the morning." He's like, "The wedding? That's tonight?" She's like, "Yeah," um, and his assistant refuses to dump people for him. She's like, "No, I'm not. Refu- I'm not uh, dumping people," and he then. Um, he breaks up with three women on a conference call, like a Skype uh, conference call or, or um, a video conference call, I should say. And he dumps them all in one. They're all absolutely fuming. And he's like, right, I'm going to jump off, but you continue talking if you want to. Um, <laughs> and, he's just, and then he go, his assistant's like, well, you're, you're as bad as people say. And she knows. He drives up to this country house. It's all dead snowy. He turns up late. I thought it was like just this country house where they're going to get married, but it's his late uncle's um, place that they've done out to have the wedding there. He turns up late and like knocks on the window while they're having the wedding rehearsal. And there's only one of the bridesmaids who hasn't slept with him. We tries to get with him all, all the way through the film and fails. It's quite funny. Um, one of them is Jennifer Garner, who plays Jenny something or other. And... He walks in, he says to his brother, I've got the keys on Mercedes, like, run, go, you can go, like, 
take the keys and run, I'll cover for you. And his brother's like, Jesus, you're serious, aren't you? Like, I love her. And he's like, oh, all right then. Then um, the three, the, his other three groomsmen are as geeky as, and they treat him like this legend. The guy who's marrying them is the bride's dad, and he's he's this sergeant, and he's quite a quirky character. He's like, I was in this little wall called Korea, little wall called Korea. We lost mom and the nam. We got no wall, just a crappy sitcom. It's a Uncle Wayne's old house, who's passed away. And he he's played later on by Michael Douglas. And Jenny's really got Connor's number. She says, you know, the whole the whole asshole thing is just to get insecure girls to sleep with you. And she's like, I won't tell anyone you've got feelings. So you know they've got a bit of history, but it elaborates on it through the film. And she says, Why aren't you why aren't you taking the photos for the wedding? He says, I'm not a wedding photographer. And the, br- the bride goes off on one because there's no figs in the salad. And they say, Oh, aren't you gonna do a toast, Connor? He's like, I can't toast this. Marriage is an archaic institution. Uh, Love's a magical comfort food for the weak and uneducated. Love leaves you weak, dependent, and fat. They said, I wish I could believe in all this, but I can't. You know, love's a myth. And then (laughs) then as he's leaving, because he's quite drunk, I mean, he has like eight double scotches in about five minutes. And he's like tasting the salad. A salad. So, I mean, can you imagine being invited to a wedding and they give you salad? Like on its own, nothing else. But here, where's the proper food? But thank you for inviting me. <laughs> uh, and congratulations. Um, and he says, oh, some figs would have been nice. And she's like shocked. He goes to the bathroom and then he sees uncle, his Uncle Wayne appears and he's like, players never die. And his Uncle Wayne's played by Michael Douglas, who's essentially playing what Michael Douglas would have been like if he'd have stayed as kind of a bachelor throughout his whole life. He walks through Connor. There's some good effects, actually. Um, he says, I'm here to warn you. Don't waste your life like I did. Um, he says three ghosts are going to come and visit you tonight. Uh, they're going to force you to experience and feel things you've never seen. You know you, you weren't expecting because his his uncle doesn't want him to uh, end up alone like he did. And uh, it's basically it it the upshot of it is it's, it's a remake of a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which has been done a lot of times before. But it, I did enjoy this. So it's, don't come at this film wanting this. Wanting originality, you're not going to get it. That being said, it doesn't feel like a film you watch and you think, oh, I've seen all this before. Um, and he goes downstairs and he thinks he sees another ghost. He see, thinks he sees one of these ghosts and he says, oh, you feel so real. And he like reaches out and grabs this woman's bosom and it t- turns out she's the mother of the bride. Um, he thinks she's a ghost and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he says, how long have you been divorced? Eight years. And he hits on the he hits on her and she's like, I think, um, I think you're, we're off, you know, you're off limits. And he says things like nowadays being single is like, you've lost your way. Why is that? And I was thinking, why does his uncle call him Dutch? And he said, he says to the, the bride of the, uh, the mother of the bride, I'll shame. I bet you know, you wear around a bedroom because she's been divorced for eight years from uh, the, the dad. And that really made me laugh. Um, and the bride's trying to set him up Jenny with Brad. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I know his face. And I can't remember the actor's name. But he's the guy in The Dark Knight Rises who's like the undercover special forces. And he gets na- nailed on and killed by Bane. I'm sure the poor guy's done more than that. 
um, more than he, he's got a good filmography. I just, it's the only thing I've seen him in before. And oh yeah, and as he's hitting on the mother of the bride, the barman's like, "Does that work? Or, does that work? Does that always work?" He's like, "Oh yeah," and the guy's like, "Does it work on guys?" And he's like, well, "Probably." And what's the did you? There's something this. Can't read my own writing again. Did you edit this? Oh yeah. So Emma Stone appears as the as the ghost. I was enjoying it so much I haven't written particularly great notes. Um Emma Stone and she's like the first person he ever hooked up with. She's like 16, 17, dressed obviously because she's from the 80s, this ghost. And she's someone from school. And she takes him back to the summer before the parents car accident his parents were killed in the car accident when he was seven and when his brother was two and um you see him outside on the bench with jenny she's like his lifelong friend um and you could see he, the really really the best friends and he really really likes her uh, but he obviously he's quite mushy because he's only a kid and it's quite funny because matthew uh, not matthew connor says like have you edited this? I'm sure I didn't say that. And then we see them at the funeral and she holds his hand at the funeral. So they're very close to good friends. But then it goes to the spring fling, uh, the disco, and he's the, like 15, I think, 16, whatever. I don't know how old you are at the spring fling. And it's quite American, isn't it? And the, he's trying to pluck up the courage to tell her, but he kind of chokes, doesn't, and she goes off with somebody else. And it's quite – it's – Again, I laughed my head off because he says, oh, that guy you're with, he's now bald and he does Civil War reenactments on the weekend. And and he, his younger self runs off because he can't see him dance with anybody else. Can't see her dance with anyone else because that's where she gets her first kiss. And he gets in the car and the uncle picks him up and the registration is S-T-B-N-W-G-N. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. And he says, what's up? And he's like Jenny, and he's like, oh, pregnant. That that made me laugh. I've really laughed. And he said, were you in the cloakroom? And you started getting it on, and you found out she had a temp in up her dress. And he's like, what? No, what? And um, there's some really like, when you listen to it back, there's some really quite um, for a, what is it? A twelve? This film? It, it, hang on a minute. It is a twelve. Contains moderate sex references, language, and a drug reference. <gasps> a drug reference. Literally, I don't even know if there is a drug. Oh, no, there is. I tell a lie, there is. Yeah, it's where Uncle, um, whatever his name is, says about he spent a weekend with these famous film actors with a big mound of cocaine, I think. Anyway, and because I was thinking it was a bit where they go to the, they go, they, in a flashback, they go to someone's basement and he's like, oh, I remember that smell. And I was thinking it was like marijuana or something, but okay, maybe two references to drugs then. <gasps> Anyway, um, where was I looking? Yeah, so he says, oh, don't worry, you dodged a bullet. And you see, this is the point where, it, because of this hurt that he can't get, you know, her because he loves it a bit. This is where it starts to change from his outlook changes. And he says, I hate girls. And he's like, hey, don't talk like that in the stabbing wagon. And you, the uncle brought brought him and his younger brother up. And his uncle's like, look, I've got a gift with dames. Because Connor never wants to feel like this again. And he says, okay, Dutch. He calls him Dutch for the first time. And he takes him to a bar. 
just which is and then the ghost who's played really really well by Emma Stone. She uh, he's talking, saying telling them about women and how to get women, and the ghosts like, will somebody call? Will somebody please call Child Protective Services? No one hear them. The ghosts and Connor's like, shh, the prophet is talking. And he's talking about, you know, two compliments above the neck. Then you insult her. Let her know that you're here to play. Uh, the power in a relationship lies with the person who uh, cares less. And the ghost's just banging her head off the bar at this point in frustration. And older Connor's there watching. He's still in awe of his uncle and his uncle's advice. And his uncle says, you know, if, run out if you ever get feelings. You don't want to feel like you do now, all crushed. If you ever get feelings like that, you know, you're spooning in the morning, run run away, never never get yourself in that position. And he says, you see that woman over there in the corner? He's like, how do you even see her? He's like, we'll do reflective services another time. Um, you go, and he says, what do you think I could do? He says, you could go and talk to the girl next to her. And he's like, oh, I never thought, you never felt like my son until now. And he goes over and he, he makes that move, the, the, the uncle. And Connor's like, I remember the ladies being more glamorous. And he says, You wouldn't um and then she comes over. And the ghost says to Connor, you were never the same after this. Turns out he didn't see Jenny for another two years because his uncle homeschooled him. And when he turns about this basement party that they flash forward to, he's like quite cool looking and walks in and as if he owns the place. And people are like, the lasses are like, oh. His uncle homeschooled him in Vegas or Bangkok or wherever. And the ghost says, the depressing thing is your uncle's advice actually worked. He, then we see that the actual girl of the ghost, and it turns out he, um, he kissed her and he, um, and he has his first time with her. And she says, oh, we dated for 39 wonderful minutes. And um, he's got like longer hair. And the ghost says, oh, I feel like Neil Armstrong. I was Connor Mead's first partner. and it, Emma Stone does a really good job. That, that ghost is very, very funny. Then we see um, Jenny again at the party. He's not, Connor's now got like long hair. And she says, you choke, you choke. No, you blew me off somebody else. Oh, yeah, this, this is, this, it's actually Matthew McConaughey again now, but he's younger with like longer hair. Looks like a proper, uh, proper hippie. And he says, oh, you, they're kind of he says oh, i'm a photographer earning 150 grand a year she's a resident doctor so she's training to be a doctor and she's like oh my god you're totally cheesy now she just calls him out and the song in the background was uh i try to walk away and i choke i try to oh no i try to some i try to something and i choke i try to walk away and i stumble on that song and which i thought was quite a good choice actually and he jokes about having a broken heart and She's like, come on, you look like a pirate. And she does his buttons up. And then you see the older Connor, he says, oh, wow, self-deprecation really works. I should I should put that back in my playbook. And the ghost's like, I, I, I think you might be kind of missing the whole point of this. And she says, now we'll watch a montage with Cindy uh, Lautner of the music over the top of it. And you see them dating for, I think, like seven weeks or so um, without getting physical with each other. Um, she always like he always leaves at the doorstep type thing, and all the Connors like oh wake me up when there's an action sequence, which I thought was quite funny. Um, it was I like it when films call out their own their own uh, tropes, if you will. Uh, and the ghost actually got popcorn at this bit, and he's like, I gotta get home. Um, after seven weeks of wooing, 
this after they spend the night together, he says, Look, I've got to go home. I don't, look, Jenny, I don't stay over. And she says, Well, I'm the you have two kind of girls you can you can you sleep with, you can either leave or you snuggle. She said, I'm the snuggling kind. Did not expect to say that sentence today. And then three seconds, she says, You've got three seconds to get in bed where you really want to be, or you can walk out and never hear from me again. And he gets back into bed. That surprised me. I thought he'd go. And the ghost says, You fell in love, then you realized you were spooning. And he leaves her sleeping. And this is where you see it starts to affect him. He says, I don't want to see this. I don't want to watch it because it's the morning. And someone rings from the hospital. They walk through like smoke. There's some good transitions in this film between scenes. And it's a bar with all the women he slept with. One of them is the double of Jenny, which is quite funny. She says, every time we slept together, you called me Jenny. Um, and they like smother him. And then he's like, no, get off me, get off me. And then he rolls off the bed and he's like, oh, alcohol dreams. And he's the the bride's dad showing off this like seating chart as if it's a military operation. He goes looking for some alcohol. He opens the champagne and it pops the cork, and it knocks one of the like the support legs out of the wedding cake. And he's like holding it like oh god. And there's some good physical comedy there. I've never really seen uh, Matthew McConaughey do physical comedy before, apart from the famous mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that one uh, from Wolf of Wall Street. But you can't really call that physical comedy. I just how can you do a review and not mention that? Um, I'm sure you could, but I didn't want to. Then um, it ends up falling all over him. It ends up going all over him. And the bride comes in and like screams as if someone's been killed. And he's like, look, if it's any consolation, the cake really wasn't very good. And she's like, you had a piece? And he's like, it splattered into my mouth upon impact. There's nothing I could do. And it, and I was laughing. I'm, I'm, about, I'm thinking about laughing, just thinking about it. And, you know, the, the bride's got some real anger issues. Like, she's really hit up at everything. He apologises to her and... Oh, no, he, sorry. He sees Jenny later on and apologises to her. And says, look, I'm seeing things differently. I love you, I think. We were meant to be together. And she's... I want you. Oh, yeah, that's it. She says, look, I know if we get together, you won't be there tomorrow. I know what you're like. You'll just go back to being your own self. Um, Your own selfish self. It sounds strange when you say it. And then the, he goes back up to his room and there's someone's like, hey, Connor, under the covers, which is how the first ghost appeared. And he runs out and screams and it turns out to be one of the bridesmaids. Is it the bridesmaid he hasn't slept with? And he's like, and she's like, what does a bridesmaid have to do to get laid at this wedding? Um, Melly's assistant is in the car and he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm the ghost of Christmas present. And she says, well, I'm the only consistent woman in your life. And he's like, yeah, but you're totally gay. Why would I hit on you? And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, oh, sorry, I would have hit on you a lot sooner. Like, he's got no morals, really. Like, And then it's the president, the president, it's the president and they're talking about him, um, like the um, the family and the bridesmaids and everything. And his brother defends him and says, you know, we were two and seven when our parents died. He taught me reading, cycling. I could be a nice kid, but he didn't have time. He couldn't be. He's like, I love him. I believe he can change. And two of the bridesmaids are talking because Jenny's not in at this point in the room at this point. And they say Jenny's so twisted into a pretzel by him, she can't even enjoy the beefcake she's with. And Jenny walks in behind them and then she's upset. And Brad comes in and Connor and the ghost are watching this as and he's she says it's been ten years since I've seen him and he you know, he's still he still he still makes me feel like this. Every you know, every time I see him. 
And then this Brad's like really charming and saying, um, and he's like, oh, and even watching it, I was like, oh God, why is this guy like so perfect? And <laughs> that's exactly what Connor's like. He's like, we get the point, Brad. And he's like, oh, this is a nightmare. I'm bringing it together. Uh, the three girls, they're at Mel's. They're at Mel's. Oh yeah, yeah. So it turns out that um, the three girls, he sees the three girls he dumped by conference all talking to each other, having a drink. And it turns out to be at his assistant's house. And she's like consoling them. And she says, how are you holding up Dutch? And he says, the ghost of his assistant says, why do all these women hate me? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, no. Um, he leaves the, uh, the apartment. And he sees his uncle's ghost. And he says, how are you holding up Dutch? And he says, why do all these women hate me? And they say, well, they like to be screwed, but not screwed over. And I was like, God, it really goes for this film. Like, it doesn't hold an awful lot back. And he says, they, this rain... The, the rain here is lady tears that have been shed for you. Here are the tissues. Now these tissues float out of the sky. And he says, here are the chocolates. And he like flinches and goes, I'm only joking. And he goes, oh, oh, these are all the condoms. And he's like, no, no. And he runs into his car. And as like, it, they all drop, well, you don't see anything, but you hear stuff dropping on the roof. And it's transitioned back into him just in his car outside. And it's snowing. He rushes into the house because they're screaming. And what he, he said earlier, um, he accidentally let slip that what his brother had slept with one of the bridesmaids years ago. Uh, but the bri- I mean, the bridesmaids, putting this as politely as I can, they've, they've, they've slept with a lot of people, so it's, it's not like that he's cheated or had a fling or anything like that. Um, And he's saying, you know, we just met and she's like, and Connor's like, she's been acting like a 12-hour, she's been tw- acting like a mental patient for 12 hours you and your little estrogen lynch mob, you've, you're not even having to go at her. And the brother shouts at him and asks him to leave. And they were like, they were right. I never should have invited you. And he says, but it's you and me against the world. And his brother says, I'm done. Just go. Then the ghost of Christmas future arrives. And this like this beautiful blonde lady looks like an angel with like long flowing robes. And he shows, he follows her. Like and there's a really good overhead shot where it goes from snow to a forest to like a forest with fire and it look it's quite a gothic sequence how the landscape changes as they walk. I like that. There's a good there's some star in this film. Then it there's a church bell tolling and he's like, Hell no, I get married. And then it turns out it, it's not him getting married. Uh, it's not him at the altar, it's it's Brad getting married to Jenny. And he's like, Oh no, no, and he dives through them. He's not really there, obviously. And his, uh, they all leave, and then his brother's just sat there on the benches in a suit, and there's no wedding ring. And he says, why, why, what happened? Why isn't he married? And she points at him, she doesn't talk. And the brother um, is old. He, he walks away from the church, and it transitions to when he's older. And there's the priest and the brother, the burying, the burying uh, him. And Wayne comes and says, this is how it works, kid. Uh, no one's really going to miss you. I hate to say it. And he um and his brother says, I guess it's just me against the world now. And he said, and then oh one of the one of the funniest lines in it. Uh what's his name? Un- the uncle Uncle Wayne says, You made your bed, now you gotta bang whatever crawls into it. Uh and he pushes him into the grave, and then the ladies, like his ex-girlfriends, bury him uh, as he swims like, No, I can change, and then he wakes up and he says, I'm alive. And he opens his, there's a good little 
a nice little homage to a Christmas carol here. He pushes the window open and he says, you, he says, um, I'm alive. You there, young man. What day is it? Is it Christmas? And the kid's like, no, it's Saturday, you moron. He goes downstairs and she's called the wedding off. So then he takes his uncle's car because all the others are snowed in. He puts a cassette of Burning Love by Elvis in. He chases the bridesmaids. The car ends up in the lake, which I thought was like a metaphor for he's finally let go of his uncle's kind of ethos, if you will. And he runs into the road. He punches her dad, knocks him out, locks the bridesmaids in the car, and then he has this really heartfelt speech where he says, please don't run away. Um, You'll regret it. He said, you forgave him. I know you forgave him the second you heard. You're not even angry at, at your bridesmaid. So I know you forgave him. You're just frightened how quickly you forgave him. And he says, I cut it short before she ever could hurt me. You got a risk of Sandra to the bride. And he says, look at me. Or you'll end up like me, an empty, lonely ghost of a man. And he says, you look, you'll regret um, walking out of here, walking away from this, walking away from love. And then they get married, Connor does the photography. The dad's, dad's speech is this awful war story about holding some guy's guts in, which is like, I thought it was quite funny. Um, he goes to meet Jenny outside on the swings, and she's like, look, I wish I could believe you. And he takes out his wallet, and this is a Polaroid that he took of her. She bought him his first camera, and he took a Polaroid picture of her when she was younger, uh, sat on the swings, and said, I'll always carry it with me. And he has, he's carried it with him every day. And he says, please give me a second chance. And says, when you wake up in the morning, I'll, I'll be there every time. And I, he kisses her and he looks behind him and he sees his uncle toast him um, from inside the window and then he fades away. And then the uncle's trying to like hit on the other angels and the one in the robe splashes him. And Brad tries to hit on the assistant and he's like, actually, she's like, actually, I'm over there. And the real assistant walks in in a beautiful dress and Brad goes to talk to her. And then we see um, Connor and Jenny dancing outside in the snow. And it's the credits. And there's like a credit sequence where the bridesmaids uh, end up going for the brother's workmates because there's nobody else for them. Uh, the bouquet gets tossed. And then, um, was it Ka oh, Keiko, um, the Japanese archery champion, uh, arrows it into the wall and says, victory is mine in Japanese. And one of the nerdy friends is like, hell yes, or something like that and it finished i thought i mean it was quite funny and my up the upshot for this film I, I i laughed a lot more than i thought i would more than i had any right to you watch these really fancy films and you like them and you you read a lot into them but every now and again it is nice to i, I tell you what i tell you what this film's like we we all know you can you can go to a restaurant and have a lovely meal or you can make you know, homemade pie or something like that. Stick with me on this. It's going to make sense in a minute. But there's also those times where, you know, you're in the gap, you're in like the petrol garage or you, and you see like the, the most sugariest, worst for, is sugariest a word? Whatever. That, you know, you see the sugariest, like worst thing for you, like donut smothered in chocolate and caramel. And you think, yeah, I want to eat that. That that's my that's how I'm gonna describe this film. You're probably not gonna remember it for a long time. Um you have a good time with it and it's gone. It's like a donut really. So that's my uh, that's my review. So um yeah, if you can review 
this podcast on podchaser.com. Just search review, review it yourself. Um, you can also leave uh, a comment or rating on whatever listening platform you're on now, if you can, on that site. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, review it yourself podcast. We're also on Twitter at yourself review. Yeah, that's it, I think. Um, we've just passed 100 total players from what I can see. So we're getting there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to send me any suggestions, oh, I must watch The Sixth Sense this weekend because that was a recommendation. I just can't find my DVD. I've got it. I know I have. I will be back with a review of the final destination, not the final destination, that's of uh, final destination. The, what year was it? The first one. Okay. Cheers for listening, guys. Thanks. Thank you.